Well, good morning and welcome to Real World Podcast. Good morning for us, but hey, for whatever time of day it is for you, uh, welcome. Uh, this is the Real World Podcast where uh, our two... Uh, our two uh, fearless anchors, Scott and Bobby, uh, <laughs> tackle real issues in a real world, uh, mending the gap between boomers and millennials. Uh, hey guys, how's it going? Good hey, morning. good morning. How's everybody today? I'm doing okay. As you guys might already hear, I'm a little sick. I have a lost in my mouth. So if you hear that move around, I apologize. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for the show today. How Me are you too. doing? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm doing well. Just still <clears throat> stressed over the whole house Thing. It seemed like every day yeah. it's something new. So this year, this week we were dealing with solar because you know in California, with the new house you're about. yes, mm-hmm. yes. I mean we're actually contemplating it with our existing house too because okay. it would make a lot of sense whether we sell it or uh, rent it out mm-hmm. that it would probably be positive for increase the value it, of it the would, house. A lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so in any regard with the current one. Um, you have no choice but to either lease or buy, but you have no choice with the system because the the developer, um, you know, works with a solar company, and so you're you are going with that system. So the question is, are you buying it or are you leasing it? Mm. And you know, looking at the dollars, clearly, I mean, frankly, I do support solar. Uh, systems because it does make sense mm-hmm. and i know you have it here in your home yeah, it's and great. it's made a big difference for I mean, you you keep it like really cool here we keep it less than seven degrees year round and our utility bills all utilities combined is like 60 bucks a month which is crazy i can't even fathom that my water bill's like three times that so you know mm. hey. <laughs> yeah yeah so um but anyway so it's uh it's just been one of those weeks yeah so you put a deposit on a house yeah, well, so far and two deposits because it's a multi it's a multi step process. So mm-hmm. you first put an initial deposit down, then because they were breaking ground literally the what the week after we put that deposit down on our home, so mm-hmm. they just started digging the trenches and everything. Um, you know, you have all these options. So you know, you go and you see these model homes, and they look so lovely. And of course, basically nothing that you see mm-hmm. comes along with it. with it. So yeah. you know, add a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars to that purchase price to get mm-hmm. to where you want to be. Um, but anyway, so the first then we had to after the initial deposit was to put a deposit down for any additional structural items. And so we did actually have some structural items that we were adding to the home, which were pretty big ticket items. So you added uh, a, a wine cellar and a, right, and exactly. A, right. A cellar. We definitely a grand, added a cellar, a into grandkid the home dungeon and, and, uh, and uh, <laughs> the tower, the tower. Right. Yeah. Well, we kind of did add a tower. Oh, oh really? you know, oh, we, nice. we kind of did. We actually added a storage room. Does so it come with buttresses? <laughs> I don't even know what a buttress is. What is a buttress? Aren't those like the big, like angled things on the side? On the side of a oh. like cathedral? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, I, I've heard the word, but I never even knew what it meant. Rest in peace, Notre Dame. Oh, we added a storage room. So again, we were buying a, a larger single story home, mm-hmm. but this is actually added. It becomes a an added, uh, I, I would say it's kind of more like a loft, but it's completely enclosed with stairs that go up through the garage and a door and it's a like almost 500 square feet room for storage and i'm going to do my crafts up there and i can put all my holiday stuff and just Mm -hmm. extra stuff so it's gonna be like half storage half like utility room for you kind of i would say three quarters storage and (laughs) one quarter um but it's a couple big windows and everything the only thing interesting about it is it it isn't part of the hvac system 
So oh. it's not technically so not livable space. Well, here's the thing. I plan to buy, we're first going to check to see what it would take to do that. We have to do that after the fact. They don't have that as part of their options. options. Got it. But I don't think it would take much to do it, Yeah, frankly. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's probably the first plan. But the second plan is to get one of those Dyson air conditioner slash heater units. Totally. That it works either way, whether you need the heat or the air conditioning. There's two big giant windows in this room yeah. as well. So I really don't, know that we even need to do the yeah, HVAC, but I will for resale cooler for kind. sure yeah. because that would add 500 square feet of livable space, which totally ups your, oh, yeah. you know, well, market value. And that's like the perfect like teenager room kind totally. of thing. Like oh, when you go to resell, totally that be. would be. Well, and then we have the gen suite as mm-hmm. well. Oh, right. You know, so oh, that wow. for my dad and it's like a completely separated, it's, 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 it's attached. attached though, right? It's attached. Yeah. There's an internal door. That can, you know, that is lockable mm-hmm. between his suite and our home. And, you know, it's actually part of the structure. Mm-hmm. He has a separate, like, thermostat and everything. But he has a nice big bedroom. He has a den. He has a beautiful bathroom, walk-in closet, and a kitchen area. Now, the kitchen, it's called a kitchenette. So, he doesn't have a stove, but he has a refrigerator, microwave, you know, sink, cabinets, and... Well, it's kind of nice you don't have to worry about him cooking while you're not there next to like setting the place well, on we fire. Well, were, we were talking about getting him like a single burner kind of a thing so he can at least, you know, heat up some soup or make an egg sure. or whatever. But well, One he, of those little conduction yes. ones. But you yeah. guys can give him access to your kitchen too. Like, totally. We can for sure. I mean, I don't have a problem with that, but that kind of defeats what you just said. You know, yeah, it I mean, does. Well, so does that. buying him a one burner. Well, well but if it's a conduction top, yeah. it's it, a, a lot less likely to burn the right. place down. Exactly. Oh. Right. Right. So I'm sorry. I kind of went off on no, a, a cool. whole lot of stuff, but you know, it's just, yeah, you might not get quite as much sleep these days mm-hmm. as I have been. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I just got back from a cruise this last week. Um, and so, uh, that I think that's where I got my cold from. Luckily, we weren't one of the cruise ships that got uh, coronavirus. Coronavirus, or off the held off the coast for a while to like Quarantine, screen everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I did get sick a little bit. I'm sorry to hear that. So. Yeah, but I did want to just say that we did do this correctly this time. Age before beauty. We did. <laughs> we did. And to everyone out there who said something to me or my mother. Yes. Thank you for vindicating me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was wrong. Not often. Mm, no, uh, not no, a- no, I really am. <laughs> I well, own that. <laughs> I was going to be gracious, but you know. But thank good. you, Tyler. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, uh, mm. hey, as we uh, jump into uh, our, our sort of central conversation for, for this episode, I just wanted to uh, let all of our listeners know if you hear some rowdiness going on around behind the mics, uh, our dogs are, are playing a little bit and if they get worked up, you might hear them. So yeah, they might chime in every once in a while with their opinions. Yeah. Yeah. So but just they're so, you so know, cute. They're so cute. They are so cute. <laughs> and they're really just playing together. Yeah. So it's not a don't no cause for alarm. Yeah. And echo has grown. Just she, in, tremendously. It's been about three weeks since I've been here and she has grown. Yeah. I think she's just, uh, since I got her, we think she's about doubled in size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. We didn't, I, I can believe that we didn't weigh her when we brought her home but um in the last two and a half weeks uh she's gained seven pounds wow so she's 32 pounds now so wow. yeah she's getting yeah. to be a big pupper 
Yep. She's got big paws. She's so got, yeah, she's, she's gonna, gonna, she's be, gonna big. be a big one. That's how I always was taught. You know, yeah. when mm-hmm. you look at a puppy, how big they're gonna get is mm-hmm. look at the size of their paws. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think she'll be uh, a formidable uh playmate for Onyx. Definitely. In a few months. Definitely. And you know what? I I actually am a firm believer of a puppy coming alongside a little older dog because I think it helps them to stay youthful and mm-hmm. because it and it also know, helps with play. the training of the younger dog because they see the older dog do they do yeah. they do of course that's as long as the older dog has good habits correct that's true <laughs> correct you could also train negative and <laughs> because we had when Onyx was, we we got Onyx as a puppy at our home when Scott still lived at home and then mm-hmm. he still moved out after Onyx was still a puppy so it wasn't mm-hmm. I think he was like six months old when you moved out mm-hmm. yeah it's about that yeah and um, so one of the things that Onyx liked to do was to stick his paws in the water dish yes well Zoe who we got about what I don't know five months right before she you was- moved out right. No, we Zoe and Onyx never really lived together. They were a year no, apart. No, but when yeah. you would bring Onyx over, yeah. he taught her to stick her paws in the water mm-hmm. dish. Mm-hmm. Yep. When That's she him. was so a my puppy. Boy. Yep. It's my yeah, boy. that was You're my, my boy, whole point. Blue. Because you would come over for dinner and bring Ani with you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because they always had a lot of fun hanging out. Because they're, they are, they were, they are brother and sister. Yeah, they're actually, yeah. just same parents. Yeah. Pardon me? Just from different litters. Right, yeah. different litters, but same parents. Mm-hmm. And so, and they look so much alike. Just, um, But anyway, he taught her how to do that. Mm. Not a good thing. Not great. No. Thankfully, he doesn't do that anymore. Yeah, and mm. you know what? Neither does Zoe. So yeah. I think it was those two feeding off of each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. just the destructive yeah. uh, siblinghood. <laughs> like, hey, let's see what we can do. Yes, exactly. But you you don't know anything about that, I have you? never no. done anything destructive with a sibling. <laughs> Well, uh, for I know to- otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> well, for today, uh, I thought we would talk about uh, this idea of, of having uh, freedom in Christ. Uh, it's a, a really popular thing uh, for for Christians to to talk about uh, and to sometimes get into a little bit of maybe like debate over over uh, what freedom in Christ is and what freedoms we have and what freedoms we don't have. Um, so we're going to do. Uh, Age before beauty, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Bobby, what uh, what are yours when you hear that? Uh, f- you know, liberty in Christ. What are some things that uh, that jump out to you? Well, I would say you know my perspective now is very different than it was um, even up to maybe ten years ago. Mm. Um, definitely growing up, uh, and I mean, I always had this perspective that we we really didn't have a lot of freedom in Christ mm. you know we our freedom was um kind of limited to what the the law basically mm-hmm. you think about the old testament and and what our restrictions were and i was always kind of confused by that and mm. and i would admit that i would you know maybe look at others uh and be judgmental of them in thinking um you know, should a pastor do that? Yeah. And, sure. um, you know, really kind of holding pastors to a higher standard and, and almost like not human because, you right. know, um, yeah. not giving them room to fail, not giving them room to fail. And so over the last 10 years, and part of this is truly uh, these two gentlemen that are sitting across from me, Scott and Tyler, I learned a lot through young, when we hosted young adults, but, but even just, um, you know, Scott going through seminary and even Brian going through seminary, you know, Brian has been very forthcoming and we've been engaging him a lot more and that's been really nice. Um, 
and it's just, you know, my thought process on it all or my mindset is, it's almost 180 degrees, mm. you know, from where I was. Maybe not fully, because sometimes it doesn't feel comfortable. Sure. Because sometimes when you think about those freedoms, I mean, like, th- that's a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. that we have yeah. as Christians to behave in a way that is glorifying to God, right? And I've certainly fallen short many times over, mm-hmm. and... um but I don't live in that. I don't mm-hmm. dwell in that because we do have that freedom in well, Christ. Yeah, that's part of the freedom, right? That there, is part of the freedom. In fact, I think that's a big part of it, right? That past. you don't. That you don't. And so I would say at this point, um, in fact, we were just talking about this in our Bible study on Wednesdays. A shout out to the Wednesday morning Bible study shout group. Out. Yeah. So we've been we've been talking because we've been in um, uh, First Corinthians mm. and. Yep. Right. Well, and actually, right now. So when I was thinking about First um, Corinthians six, where he says, "I have the right to do anything," this is Paul, and he says, "But not everything is beneficial." Mm. So I think we have to be mindful of that. It's not so much that you can't do something, but how is it benefiting? Either mm-hmm. is it glorifying the Lord? Is it benefiting your sisters and brothers in Christ, mm-hmm. you know, or others. Sure. Well, it's like, um, this could be good, but is it best? Exactly. That's right. And you know what? It's always a challenge because we have such a sinful nature. Mm-hmm. Like it's so easy to go back to whatever it is, whatever sin we were drawn to mm-hmm. in the past. I mean, or even things that aren't sinful or even things that aren't sinful, but just maybe not beneficial. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah. That's kind of where I am. What about you, Scott? Yeah. What are some things that you think about when, when this topic comes up? I think when I hear freedom in Christ, liberty in Christ, it triggers um, a few different ideas in my mind. Um, the idea of freedom from sin and death, which you kind of talked about, um, where we don't have to, to dwell on our sin or be defined by our sin because we know we've been forgiven and that at some point, in our existence, we will die, but then be resurrected and be with Jesus. And so there's freedom from, from sin and death. And there's also freedom from like um, the Old Testament and the the sacrificial system and so many of these Old Testament laws that you kind of like even talked about, like um, whether they were expressly written or not, kind of having to abide by growing up. <clears throat> but um, specifically, I think the, the biggest thing I think about when we talk about liberty in Christ are what are the things that um, are not expressly forbidden in the Bible and where do we fall on those topics? Um, things like drinking, smoking, cursing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all There's a, a lot of different things um, that aren't expressly one way or the other in the Bible. And so we, it's, it's so important for us to, one, use our own judgment yeah. uh, and our own conscience in those things. But then also um, using, while there's no passage that maybe directly addresses that, there are truths in Scripture that speak to those things. Yeah. And so um, that's, that's for me, kind of where I, I land too. Uh, I really like that First Corinthians 10 passage. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. <clears throat> all things are lawful, but not all things build up. And then I think it's important that we talk about that next verse, verse um, 24, uh, th- that we just did 23, but verse 24 says, let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Mm. And so thinking about our liberty in Christ, 
not as something for our own good, but also something that we use to build each other up and something to, to help push each other into what's next, what's beyond, what's their relationship with God, what's, how can we help grow the, the body of Christ? <clears throat> so, And how selfish we are when we just don't even contemplate that. Yeah, Frankly, absolutely. I, I can think so much of my life where that really wasn't on my mind. It was more about me, myself, and ours, <laughs> you know, and what's going to benefit me, what's mm-hmm. going to benefit my family, what's going to benefit my children. Um, not that I wanted harm or anything to come to someone else, someone else, but not necessarily thinking what was best for them in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not so much that you were wishing ill, but that you right. were just indifferent. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Indifferent to their needs or um, what would benefit them, yeah. but really just being more self focused. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, what are, let's, uh, uh, let's kind of talk about some of these, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what some of these liberties kind of work out to be yeah. practically. Um, so Scott, you listed off a couple of them. Let's, sure. I'll, I'll just kind of sure. direct us through a few mm-hmm. of them. Um, so what about say, uh, drinking? Yeah. Do you want me to start or do you want yeah, to start? You know what? Go ahead. Cause I, that's one that I think I really struggled with and that we've Growing actually, up, yes, even now. well, no, I don't, I don't struggle with it now. Okay. Um, but it's one of those areas that I've kind of done 180 on. Yeah. That I really thought that, okay, a pastor should not drink, period. Right. Mm. You know, there, yeah. there should be, there's no place uh, for a pastor to be drinking alcohol at all, mm-hmm. period. And Which I'm is sure funny because you've experienced would, the Catholic Church. I have. Where they use real wine in communion. I, uh, <laughs> well, I think that sacramental wine. That was more of a joke. Oh, okay. That was like, that wasn't. <laughs> <that wasn't>, uh, <laughs> Sorry, when I'm sick, my jokes aren't as good. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've I've really kind of done a different, a, I've done a 180 on that one, I think, but that kind of speaks to what you were saying earlier about um, the impact to others. Yeah. So, and I know you were going to go first, but let me just go ahead and no, share ahead. that. I think the issue there is you don't want to cause your brother to stumble, mm-hmm. right? So if you know that your, your friend is an alcoholic, clearly you're not going to have a drink. Mm. with your friend that's mm-hmm. an alcoholic. Or say you have someone coming over for dinner and you know they've struggled with alcohol abuse. Yes, absolutely. Don't have wine on the table. Don't do not do that. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, I know for us personally, so we have a lot of social gatherings at our home, mm-hmm. right? We have for years and years. And so we host community group. We, we don't offer any kind of alcoholic beverage at community group. I don't think that's the place for it personally. Um, but we have holiday parties or other kinds of events and usually we'll have beer, wine. Mm-hmm. I might make some kind of a goofy uh, drink or something. Yeah. Yeah. A so, punch. Yeah. Like kind some of kind of, a, yeah. yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I think, um, I just think we have to look at the circumstances and mm-hmm. kind of know what is beneficial at yeah. that point. And not only what is beneficial, but what are our motives behind it? Right. Um, right. And so for me, um, wine is probably my favorite alcohol. Uh, uh, it's my alcohol of choice. Um, if I could only have one type of alcohol for the rest of my life, it would be wine. Um, and I just really enjoy the the flavor, it, the, all the different kinds of wine. <clears throat> and so I, it's just something I really enjoy. And it's possible to enjoy wine without getting drunk. And so most of the time... I, I have failed at this in the past, but most of the time when I drink, it's because I am wanting uh, to enjoy whatever that alcohol is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but and so it's it's important when we look at our motives and our liberties as well like if, are we doing this to um escape reality and get out of our frame of mind or whatever it may be or are is it because we're trying to enjoy god's creation and and just enjoy life enjoy each other people's company whatever it may be um, because there's there's a very big difference i think between <clears throat> escaping reality and enjoying reality yeah well, i think there's a really good point um hadn't thought about it in that same respect, but um, yeah, I like the way you presented that, you know? Well, and I think too, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's just such a strong difference between social lubricant mm -hmm. and like isolative. Yeah. Drinking know? by yourself on a Tuesday morning. Well, yeah. And I think we, we can all agree that if your object is to get drunk, I mean, that makes no sense. And what does the Lord say? He says, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit, mm -hmm. right? Right. He's not saying you can't have a glass of wine. No, I mean, Jesus drank wine. He did, yeah. right? Enough so that they accused him of being a drunkard. Right, right. And so it's like, but that, as long as that's not our objective, so that gets back to what you were saying, is mm -hmm. it's really comes down to your motives mm -hmm. and um, what you're doing it for. And I, I really do kind of like the way you put that um, because when I think about like our holiday celebrations, that's really what it is. It's really, it's a joyful time, yeah. you know? And, um, and so why not enjoy that if that's what you enjoy? Ironically, I really don't like alcohol. I mean, I don't really like any kind of alcohol. I can drink a glass of wine. I really don't care for beer, especially that hoppy stuff. Ooh, mm. sorry. I don't <laughs> like it. I just don't like it. Um, and I mean, I can drink, you know, like a, I call them a foofy drink, you know, mm -hmm. something that's really watered that down. Extra with sugar fruit. and yeah, water. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, and I have no issue with anybody having any of those things, sure. you know? Um, I just am not one for it. And my, neither of my parents were drinkers. And so I, it wasn't prevalent in our home yeah. growing up. And, and we had a lot of alcohol in our home. My I was dad, just about to point that out. That's yeah, so funny. That I remember. My dad was a buyer and he used to, like, I kid you not, at Christmas time when I was growing up, he'd get 50 fifths of whiskey well, at Christmas time. <laughs> after and that's not an exaggeration. He may have gotten more than that. I remember after grandma passed away and you guys went through the house, mm -hmm. um, he found a bottle of, I think it was brown tequila. I don't remember what kind Never it was. Never heard of it, but. Yeah. <clears throat> but it was, a, it, was a, it was a brown tequila from like 74. Yeah. And I was like, he's like, do you want it? And I was like, no, it's probably bad. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> but it was yeah. like a huge bottle of just tequila that was just sitting in the back of one of his closets somewhere. That's so funny. Yeah. So. And I imagine unopened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I won't share about the time that I took the bottle of lime vodka when I was a teenager. When you were. And my. I thought you, you know, said you weren't going to share. Well, I know, right? <laughs> Well, this is a real world yeah, podcast, yeah, real world, right? Real. Yeah. So, I mean, truly it was, I can't, my parents didn't even know because yeah. there was so much alcohol. <laughs> right. We, not, we really didn't drink. And frankly, I never did that again. That was a one-time mm -hmm. thing. And it was like, okay, that was kind of dumb, Bobby. Yeah. You know, and, and I was never found out or anything like sure. that, but it was quite interesting how it all went down. Well, I know this is a little off topic, but I think it's important to, um, for parents to have a healthy view of alcohol and even like include um, their kids in seeing the healthy view of alcohol. Mm -hmm. I think when it becomes this huge negative, don't ever do this thing, yes. it yes. becomes a pursuit down the road, like in rebellion or whatever it may right. be. Um, like I remember or a just time, in curiosity. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, 
I don't remember how old I was, but I remember we were on a camping trip one time and I was probably uh, young teens and dad was drinking a beer and I was like, Hey, can I try it? And he's like, yeah, sure. Like have a sip. And he let me try it. And I was like, Oh, that's disgusting. Like, why do you, why do you drink that? Exactly. And, Must've uh, been hoppy. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like from that point I was like, eh, like, I don't really get it. Yeah. Like, right. And you know, uh, but like just letting these things be a normal, healthy yeah. part uh, of yeah. life for even for kids. Yeah. In moderation. In moderation. Well, yeah. uh, but I will say this, you know, it's like, although that was the case in our home, you know, I was very close with my grandparents, Grandma mm-hmm. Della and, mm-hmm. and my, my well, grandfather. And Merle used to drink a lot. He yeah. drank every day. He had his frosted mugs in the freezer. He had his beer every day. He would do a six pack every night. Right? He would. Yeah. He drank, well, he drank his beer every day. So, you know, I don't know whether you'd say that he was an alcoholic. I mean, I never saw him drunk. Yeah. Uh, but he liked to have, it was very refreshing to him. And I do remember it more so in the warmer months, you know, oh, sure. than yeah. versus oh, in the winter or anything like that because yeah. he'd drink coffee or yeah, sure. whatever. So I think it really kind of comes back to what you were saying. It was like he was enjoying it. You know, mm-hmm. he, my grandfather was a total sports nut. And mm. this is even back, like, say, in the 60s where he had two televisions going. Most homes in the 60s had one television. You were lucky Mm. if you had a television, right? Yeah. So he had a television in the living room, a television in the dining room, and he had like multiple radios going on. Wow. And so he's drinking his beer as he's listening to his games. And it didn't matter whether it was football, baseball, basketball. He was into all of them. Mm. I don't remember hockey so much, but the other three. And I think too, I think alcoholism, especially today, because um, it's become more... uh, I guess, normative for Mm -hmm. us as a culture, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think is good um, because the last thing that we want to do is like ostracize people who are struggling with something like that. Um, So I'm glad that it's become more normative, but I think we also throw it around quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I would, I believe uh, that there's, you know, probably a difference between uh, alcoholism and ritualistic drinking like your grandfather it was just part of his ritual it it was it was truly it was yeah yeah and and i think that there like it's a fine difference probably but i think it's an important distinction that Mm -hmm. it's like this wasn't something that he was doing like you said scott to escape his life it was just part of his ritual of enjoying yes sports and you know well even thinking about like other countries especially in like europe Mm -hmm. where um beer is considered pretty much like a soft drink. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like, it's just, Mm. and you can start drinking at like 14 in different countries. Really? Oh yeah. And (laughs) when I was in Germany, it was so funny. Uh, Beer is a pretty, not so much on like a work day, but like beer is a pretty common breakfast drink. Oh my goodness. I can't even. I'm sorry. I'm just not a beer person. Sure. Yeah. You know, and it's what's ironic is that if I do drink beer, like once in a great while in the summertime, it's a hundred degrees out. I'm like, gosh, a a light beer actually kind of sounds refreshing. Mm -hmm. I love those low carb beers because there's like nothing to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a little salty and like that's right. (laughs) Exactly. And it's like, most of you that drink, if you drink beer, you wouldn't even call it beer probably. Right. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's a beer drink, but not beer. <laughs> well, what's funny too is like in, in most European countries too, like um, uh, soda is not as common. and Because it's unhealthy? It's super unhealthy. <laughs> it's super unhealthy. Like you have to pay for every refill and right. it's only wow. like small quantities. Wow. And like, I think like just, it's a part of our culture that we have, um, made one drink superior to another but yeah. in actuality like 
how many people die every year to diabetes and yeah. heart disease and all these things. And then we're talking about like alcohol as being like this bad thing, mm. but we're killing ourselves with just a different drink. Yeah. Well, that, that actually, I think is a good segue to another item and that's smoking. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, absolutely. And I'll tell you where I'm going with this. Um, cause I was actually doing some reading about this this morning. Cause frankly, I've never thought of smoking as, an issue in the church, like mm. probably because I've been around smokers my whole life. Mm -hmm. well, and so I've never thought of, gee, that's a sin. And you know, you're talking about specifically like cigarettes. I am talking about yeah. cigarettes yeah. generally. I yeah. mean, um, yeah, we yeah. can talk we'll, about weed as a yeah. separate, we'll, we'll issue, separate, we'll, we'll separate cigarettes, yes. vapes, weed. Yeah. What all the, the various, so I'm talking are. about cigarette smoking. And so, um, so from my perspective, I never thought of that as being an issue. Like mm -hmm. I said, I've been around smokers my whole life. Um, but apparently there are a number of people that really cast. Are against it. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. They are very judgmental about people that smoke and that it's clearly a sin um, because your body is a temple mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit. It's the same argument for tattoos. Okay, I've never even heard that argument for tattoos. But, you know, the same argument can be for food if mm -hmm. you're eating too much. So what? You just look at somebody who's overweight and say, oh, they're a sinner. Yeah. I mean, like truly. I, <laughs> anyway, I, I thought this was interesting, though, in looking at um, this where I was reading about how, you know, it's it's um, one of the things that's kind of cool at weddings is to have cigars. A cigar mm. place. Mm -hmm. Right. All the mm -hmm. And that's okay. Like people would look at that <laughs> and like, well, that's okay because they're at a wedding and it's they're a special, it's a special occasion. Yeah. And think about this. It's like, is that, um, that's like a cultural thing. So it's, it's almost like we're blinded to what we're saying. Like, you know, if you see somebody, and I will say this, I do think that some ethnicities and cultures are more prone to smoke than others, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And you do see that. So is that like racist or like to look at them mm -hmm. and say, okay, that's, you know, that's sinful. But you go to this, you know, very posh wedding and they're smoking these expensive cigars and you don't think twice about it. Mm. You know, I, anyway, I thought that was quite an interesting mm -hmm. dynamic. So they were... Um, I don't know, sometimes we're culturally blind yeah. to these things. And it's like, okay, smoking is smoking is smoking. So you can't argue that one is a sin and one is not. Yeah. In my opinion, it's a little bit it's a sin. You pot know? calling the kettle black. It is totally. And, yeah. It is totally. Yeah. It is totally. Or uh, pot calling the, the smoker's lungs black. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and that here's an interesting thing because we're talking about smoking and cigarettes and then even like pot. And then I think kind of goes back to, um, we kind of talked about intention before Yes, and mm -hmm. enjoying God's creation. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's possible to smoke cigarettes, enjoying the, the flavor of the tobacco, mm -hmm. the smell mm -hmm. of the tobacco, just enjoying God's creation. I think it's very difficult to argue that you're just smoking weed to enjoy because it smells disgusting. <laughs> well, well, I think it's hard to just smoke without I getting think, a high. I think a lot of people would argue with that. I, I think, think a lot of people, a, you know what, I will tell you me, this. I guess, I guess. Well, yeah, let me just yeah. say this. So when we were young, Dave and I smoked. Um, pot. No. Oh. Um, <laughs> about cigarettes. Um, we're not talking about pot. Um, but it's, you know, we did. And, you know, we quit when we were young. I mean, yeah. we didn't smoke for too many years, but... Dad smoked a little bit longer than me, but there was no way I was going to be pregnant when I was, sure. I was going to be smoking, smoking when I was pregnant. pregnant. I didn't yeah. want that because that 
Oh yeah. I wanted the health, the health of my babies were far more important. Far. And I really never smoked as dad would pot. He's, I just like it burnt in the ashtray. It was more of the habit. Yeah. Right. right. It wasn't that I really enjoyed it. So I would say I didn't enjoy smoking, mm-hmm. but your dad really did enjoy smoking mm-hmm. and he loved the smell of it. And even to this day, even though it's been decades mm-hmm. since he's smoked, he has said, Oh man, that smells good. It would take mm-hmm. nothing for him to go oh, back to sure. smoking. And so, well, I remember we used to. Dad would go. He always, even after the cigarettes, he started on the the Swisher Sweet Cigarillos. Right. And I remember many a times he would be out by the truck smoking a Swisher Sweet, and we would go out and hang with him. And for sure, that smell has like nostalgic, um, mm-hmm. just feelings. Sure. I smell it, and I go back to that place. Yeah. And I really, I like it. I of enjoy course. it. Yeah. <clears throat> And so I, I really uh, get that that mm-hmm. side of things, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think ultimately it comes down to a couple things. Like one, what is your intention? Mm-hmm. Are you doing it just for the es- escape or the, um, the not being in the same frame of mind, or are you doing it to just enjoy uh, creation and and what's here before us? <clears throat> and then uh, the, the second thing too is what does your conscious say about it? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's Romans fourteen. Um, it basically says, like, if you're unsure about something, don't do it because you're going to sin against your own conscience, which is a sin for you. But if you're comfortable with something and it's not um, causing someone else to sin or stumble or whatever it may be, then, like, that's that's your liberty. That's between you and God. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so a, a lot of it comes down to what is your conscience on these things. Yep. I think that's um, – I think we're we're – pretty aligned in this actual topic. Mm -hmm. I I don't think we're, I don't know what differences we have on this. And I don't know that this is really a generational distinction. Even I I do think maybe perhaps other people, my age might think differently about Mm -hmm. it. And maybe because of my exposure to you and, you know, the young adults and really truly understanding there have been no dogs harmed in this incident. <laughs> <laughs> no dogs were harmed in the making of this podcast. Yeah, that's right. Um, that maybe my perspective is different, but I think most people I know think the mm-hmm. same way. I mean, you know, when I do have my holiday parties, I think I have people with different viewpoints and thoughts and mm-hmm. mindsets and um, but I would say generally most are Christians that come. Not all, but but most. And I don't really see a distinction there. Mm-hmm. So I think most probably have a similar thought process. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I wanted to back up real quick. Uh, the, uh, the smoking thing in particular, uh, you had pointed out something that I, I think bears repeating. Um, you grew up uh, on the East Coast. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where uh, cigarette smoking is much more part of the culture yeah, Definitely. and especially like in Pennsylvania cause it's mm-hmm. East coast, but it's like Pennsylvania. I think parts of Pennsylvania get lumped in a little bit more with like the Bible belt. And oh the yeah. South, Midwest. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. where it's, uh, it, it's just part of mm-hmm. the culture there. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember, uh, I remember being, you know, I'm 30 now and I remember going to back to visit family back that direction in like, you know, yeah, Pennsylvania area, uh, you know, Kentucky, Tennessee area. Mm -hmm. Um, And like all the time, like 
saying non-smoking, like our family would be like, oh, non-smoking section. Never, like we'd be the only people in the non-smoking section. Mm-hmm. They're like, right. hold on, let us clear out this room to make a non-smoking <laughs> yeah, section. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. uh, like, uh, you know, so it's just so much more a part of the culture. Whereas I think in our context now in California, there was like a lot of pushback in the church against cigarette smoking. Mm. And a lot of people have just kind of grown up where that's bad, you know? You know, it's interesting you bring that up about the the non-smoking sections. I remember, so California, you know, we outlawed um, smoking in restaurants. You know, oh, I don't even know how long ago it was. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't researched that, but it was a long time ago. And, but it took many, many years before they did that in Pennsylvania. So when we would go back to, to visit family and we would um, go to a restaurant, they still had smoking and they didn't even necessarily have sections. And so, was quite different yeah so that was a really good point and that was it just it was so um when you go into a restaurant you definitely want the smells of the restaurant not the smells of cigarette smoke right right? and so I just never realized how you know prevalent those odors were until you've been far removed from them yeah 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 uh well uh were there any other uh, any other liberties that you uh, had mentioned, Scott, that we haven't really talked about? Um, or? The other one was kind of cursing. Oh, yeah. Mm. Which is uh, one where maybe we might differ. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> it depends on, like, how you define cursing, I think, is where, where the, the liberty um, line is. Because there are um, Bible verses that talk about not cursing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and so it's really, like, how are you interpreting those passages of scripture and what is it what is it trying to tell us and so for me when when i'm talking about like not cursing it's very much um not um defining people by by something and so for me to say um and pardon my language i'm going to use a a less offensive curse word here but um for me to say um like i'm dealing with a lot of shit at work Versus me saying you're a piece of shit. Those are two very mm. different things. Mm. Um, and so um, to curse someone or to belittle them mm-hmm. or to to pull them down mm-hmm. or to define them by these negative things is very different than to use these words to describe situations or circumstance or whatever it may be. And that's where I kind of draw my distinction. And I think, uh, once again, it comes up to your conscious and also who you're surrounded by. Uh, not causing others to stumble, right? I, I'm probably not going to curse in front of little kids or whatever it may be. Um, but I think that there are liberties in cursing that we can have as, as believers um, that maybe different people uh, believe. So I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I, I really can't disagree with you. I just don't think it sounds nice. So I know um, I can think of people in my family, like my father, who's very conscious about uh, conscious about what he says in front of me. But if it's anybody else, including my kids or my husband, mm-hmm. he just lets her fly. But so it's it's interesting because I think maybe I've just not been one that has really I don't like cursing. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, because of you know working in the county for thirty years, I never had to contend with that. That was not something that was allowable per mm-hmm. se, you know. And we worked mm-hmm. with the public, so that's not something you were going to do. Sure. We may have been cursed at, but we weren't going to curse back. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, so I was never accustomed to that versus Dave working in a shop environment for years and that being not uncommon. Mm-hmm. And so, um, 
think even gender plays a part in that. I do think that typically, again, it's I know. It's more acceptable for men to it, curse. It is. It yeah. is. It is. And so, um, but then I think about that. When I think about this, it's like, okay, while those words may not come out of my mouth, what about the tone of what I'm saying? Mm. I know I've been accused of having a bad tone, and I, I understand that. I own that, mm-hmm. and, I, and I know that. And so I would say to you, maybe one isn't worse than the other, yeah. or, you know? Well, it, it's one, it's the intention of things, right? Yes. Once again, the intention. Mm-hmm. But that kind of like alludes to Jesus talking about hatred in your heart towards your brother being the same as murder. Mm-hmm. And so it's really... <clears throat> yeah, you might say, oh my gosh, instead of, oh my God, right? And we're talking about using the Lord's name in vain or whatever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but your intention is still the same. Like, gosh is just another right. word for God, right? right. <laughs> and so, like, right. we... And we you're kind of, making me think it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's you're, like saying, like, the F word. Yeah, it's, it's like, like... okay, well, now I'm thinking the F word in my mind. Yeah. Like, mm. Just because you said F word instead of the actual F word doesn't mean... Fun? It's any better. Fun, yeah, fun. Yes. Mm-hmm. Friends. Uh-huh. Friends. Yeah, so I think this kind of, you know, just goes back to what you said and shared in the very beginning in terms of motivation and intentions. Um, I think that's the same with regard to cursing and anything that comes out of our mouth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes, and I will truly say in my case, I'm not making excuses for myself because there are no excuses to be discourteous or rude. There just isn't. But it really is a biological reaction sometimes mm. where you're mm-hmm. just like you're stressed and, and you just start spouting. Yeah. You know, to me, that's very different than intentionally going up to somebody and, and like you said, cursing them out mm-hmm. and making them feel awful. Because, you know, Jesus gave us two commandments to love him and, and to, to love, love each other. Each other. Yep. And when we are doing that, we're truly not loving each other right and we're not looking at what's best for them that's what you were talking Mm -hmm. about earlier tyler it's like we should be looking out for each other the same way we're looking out for ourselves and we i like i said before i haven't always done a good job of that Mm. um and that's something i need to Mm -hmm. improve on and i think the last point i have on this topic um and it really kind of touches all of these different liberties too is um, Paul, when he's talking about his witness to all the various people groups and, and different things, he says, to Jews, I became Jews. To yes. Gentiles, I became mm-hmm. Gentiles. To those under the law, I was under the law. To those outside mm-hmm. of the law, I was outside of the law. I became all things to all men that by all mm-hmm. means I might save some. Mm-hmm. And I think it very much does has to deal with our context and who we're, mm-hmm. who we're with um, because these are all just things. They're, they're things, they're ideas, they're language, they're all tools tools in relating tools in, in getting to know people tools in all different kinds of things. And so it's like if smoking a cigarette with someone is going to help you have a conversation about Jesus, by all means smoke a cigarette there, there is something to, we have Liberty in Christ. Jesus has died for all of our sins. And, um, it's important to note that God hasn't changed. So all the laws that we no longer have to live by in the old Testament, they still show us how perfect God is. And so, uh, even though we don't have to do those things, we're still falling short in all those areas. And it's God's grace that covers us in all those things. And we've been, we're seen like Jesus. And so we do have extreme liberty um, to, to relate to people and to, to show people uh, who God is and, and how much he loves them and wants them to be a part of it. And so I, I think a lot of times we restrict ourselves and hurt ourselves in our witness uh, by these things. <clears throat> and I said, that was my last point, but there was one more thing. Um, a lot of times we build up these these false um, 
laws in our mind, in our churches, in our households around these things. And um, it's very much what the Pharisees did in mm-hmm. the in the Old Testament. Um, so many of the laws that the people were breaking weren't laws written in, in Scripture. They were laws that the Pharisees had made to try to help people not break the laws in Scripture. Yeah. And so they set up barriers outside of Scripture to further people from Scripture. <clears throat> and I think the reason they did that was, and I think the reason why we do this even now in churches and in our, in our homes is, as Christians, we're called to be different, to be set apart, to have real relationship with Jesus. And when we look at our lives and we don't see those things, we have to set up these false walls in our lives to make us feel those things. Mm. And so it's like, man, I don't feel any different than anyone else. So let me set up this idea of, I don't have to smoke. Oh, now I can feel like I'm better than other people and I am different. And so we set up these, these false laws in our Mm -hmm. life to make ourselves feel the things that we think we're supposed to feel Mm -hmm. instead of actually just going out and being different and, loving people in our own unique ways and, and all those things. So, well, and, uh, <clears throat> like trusting God that you are saved mm-hmm. and that he sure. is at work in your heart, because if you're erecting these things to try and make you feel better, that's saying like, I don't trust God that, uh, that he is sanctifying me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not yeah. trusting him with the process. I'm taking the process into my own hands. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of reminds me of, um, you know, having managed HR for years and mm-hmm. thinking about how employees would complain about other employees who weren't, you know, working up to par. They were always comparing themselves to them and basically stating that they weren't doing their job. And yeah. and instead of them just being concerned about their own job, which is what we would always encourage them yeah. to focus on themselves. Like, sure, you're doing better than this person, but here's still your goal yeah. and you're not hitting it. Exactly. <laughs> focus on yourself. And I think that's the issue with, with the Lord. It's like we need to focus on our relationship with him and quit putting expectations on other people. Yeah, Our focus needs to be on him and what his what he set out for us. Yeah. Okay. And so let's not do like what, what Scott was saying earlier, where we kind of set these things up and, and try to do things so that we feel better as a Christian. Right. My fingers were in quotes there um, by doing X, Y, and Z, you know, it's all about the relationship. And as long as you have a, a good relationship with the Lord and you're listening to Holy spirit, then you're going to want to please him and do that, which is necessary. And you are going to listen to your conscience and, and know whether what you're doing saying is right. And if something happens that, that it isn't, you know, because then you have a guilty conscience, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And then you go back to that person or deal with that situation and you apologize if necessary. Come on, it happens to all of us, right? Um, so again, I think it all comes down to that relationship. And as long as your relationship with the Lord is strong, we have full freedom in Christ Mm -hmm. and, uh, to make this full circle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial. Right. Uh, so, uh, the other thing that Paul tells us in, in Romans 14 is that each one of us need to be fully convinced in our own mind about what is liberty for us and what is, uh, you know, offends our conscience and mm-hmm. offends the Holy Spirit in our in our hearts. And so these are some of our thoughts, but we encourage you to uh, spend some time in God's Word, especially uh, the, the two biggest passages that deal with this are Romans 14 and 1 Corinthians 13. 10. Or 10, I'm sorry. Uh, and so uh, 
go spend some time in in the word and and let each of us be fully convinced in our own mind mm-hmm. and if you have any questions about any of the things that we said like we would love to hear from you too yeah, how can how can people do that, Scott? They can email us at hello at realworldpodcast.com. They can also follow us and DM us on Twitter at the Real World Pod. Um, or if there's maybe even other topics that you're unsure about, and you're like, hey, I don't know where Liberty in Christ extends in this topic. What do you guys think? Send us that question. We'd love to tackle it maybe at the beginning of one of our future episodes. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, Bobby, any final thoughts for us? Not really. I mean, I really appreciated this. Um, you know, one of the things that we haven't talked about and that I that I that I'm really challenged with and I'm hoping that we will talk about it in a future one is abortion because mm. I think that is one that falls into that. You know, I was <laughs> I was watching uh, you know, the whole issue that came up this week with Schumer and threatening the the justice supreme justices. Um, and there's this picture of him doing that, and there's a there's a woman because they were outside of um, um, the court, and there was a woman there that says like Catholics for abortions or something yeah. like that. And I just thought to myself, I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, Catholics for murdering babies? I don't know. So of course you that clearly gave my opinion away. Um, but I would really like to talk about this in the future because this is such a polarizing issue yeah and it's such a tough issue and clearly the word abortion is not mentioned in the bible Mm -hmm. right right and so um i do think we it would be good to talk about that yeah sure yeah yeah i think it will be a topic of an episode coming up soon Mm -hmm. well uh that'll do it for uh this episode thank you guys so much like scott mentioned uh please reach out to us we'd love to hear from you uh thanks for listening and Scott, Bobby, thank you so much for being on the show and just sharing yeah. sharing your guys' uh, thoughts and some of your story. And Happy to be here. And also, one last thing. Shout out to my mom. She brought coffee for us this morning, so we did oh, have coffee. We finally had coffee. It's so great. So, thank you, It's Bobby. always good to have coffee oh, I love in the you morning. guys. Yep. Whatever love you too. need. Love you. <laughs> love you, too. All right.